I want to show you how to get God. It's like if some way, figuratively or imaginatively or by faith, that your hands will grab him. Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of San Francisco's Sermon Podcast. This is a message from our worship service on Sunday mornings in downtown San Francisco. This podcast is a part of a series we've been doing on spiritual warfare, going through Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. We're praying this is useful for you and for the kingdom, for the praise of His glory. Be thou my wisdom and thou my true word. I ever with thee and thou with me, Lord. Today's sermon is from Ephesians 6, 10, 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His power. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against the flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. It would be difficult for me to say how, how special it is to have the Word of God read by somebody who's recently come to Him. And um, there may be dry eyes here, but I doubt there are in heaven. Well, we're continuing in uh, our Invisible War series, Spiritual Conflict, Spiritual Battle. Uh, and what does it look like? What is it? How do we prepare? How do we, how do we arm ourselves, et cetera? And one of the things that I, I, I have not enjoyed about this is, is, well, there's a couple things I have not enjoyed about this series, not the least of which is it seems to have animated the demonic kingdom into a frenzy around my personal heart. And I, you can ask my wife, and I just, I'm reduced to being, I, just tears every every morning in prayer. And it's really getting, I'm getting tired of it. So uh, I think I should change the series. What do you think? You think I should move on? No, I shall not. What we're going to do is we're going to move our way through all the different parts of the armor as different ways that we are appropriating God. That's really what it's about. It's really what it's, I, I want to show you how to get God. It's like if in some way, figuratively or imaginatively or by faith, that your hands, Juliana, will grab him. If you grab him intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, etc. I, I just want to somehow put him in front of you, 
paint a picture of him, let you see his glories and grace. And then by your trust in him, you will be saved. You will be rescued. You will be strong. A number of benefits accrue to you and are imparted to you by him. Not, not by me, by him. So my joy, my, 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 my earnestness, my, my, my communication about this is really geared. And that's why I, I find this series, even, even at the risk of my personal sanity, still very important. But I will say this, I do whine. Are you a whiner? Because I'm a whiner. I, I, I have perfected whining. Uh, there's very few people who can whine at my level. Gina's one of them. She's a great whiner. And I know Gina really appreciates that because she knows exactly what I'm talking about. And what do we say? Why doesn't God just make it easy? Oh, come on. All right, listen, couldn't God take a, a lesson from the fairy godmother? Right? Couldn't we take a lesson from uh, some, some Peter Pan? All I need is some dust. You know, it's something simple that's just going to make me free, make me better, make me vin, make me good, make me holy, make me, make me somebody other than this wretch that I am. Have you ever felt like that? Why doesn't God just make it easy? Look, look, I want you to hear this. I'm not here to play crap, to play games with you. This is a painful question. If you don't understand that, you're not paying attention then. This could be a statement coming out of a heart of anger towards God. It could, it could. It could, if it was that, it might be sinful. Why all the battle and pain and conflict? But it could be a question that comes from living faith. Oh, yes, it could, because it comes from the Psalms. How long? Where are you? Why? Why, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What is that? That's another way of saying this, right? It's another way of articulating a part of the existential crisis. If you don't have an existential crisis as a result of a living faith, then you don't know God yet. And that, that knowledge right here in this moment is being presented to you. And you can grab it too. You can grab it. Someday, somebody today could grab faith for the first time. But don't miss this. Don't miss that this is, these questions are, are significant ones. Wasn't there a better way than this? The next failure, the divorce, the relationships, the, the, the things that didn't happen, the failure that you, you walked into in your heart on Wednesday. You pick a day. You know what day it was. God will say to you, I saw you underneath the tree. I saw you at that monitor. I saw you with that person. I saw you. Lord knows. You know who you are. <sighs> but wasn't there a better way than this? No. <laughs> Actually, the eyes of faith call us to trust Jesus. Now, I meant there's a mistake here. Darn it. These are supposed to be bullet points because this is just an opening argument. I'm sorry for that. I'm trying to format this better, but it doesn't really matter, does it? Trust Jesus and his plans because through the invisible war, Jesus gets his glory. Now, all I'm doing right now is I am presenting to you why this battle is real. What, the first reason why is what is the most important purpose in being human? The Westminster Assembly of Divines forged this tradition of which I am an inheritor. And they asked one great question that began a whole series of questions. And the first great question was, what is the purpose of Sid being here? 
and to glorify God and enjoy him forever. It's the glory of Jesus. Submit your heart to the triumph of his will, for he has triumphed. But let's follow this. Jesus' glory is about his power. Is our triumph is about his power being our triumph. It reveals his power, not ours. We are not merely conquerors. This is from Romans 8, right? 37. We are not merely conquerors, making a spectacle of those powers in Colossians 2, 15, all this stuff. So there's a purpose. Why? Why? You were made for glory. Well, so what? You were made for you were made to glorify God. So what? Well, Jesus' glory is about his power, not yours. And Jesus' glory in us is his work in us, growing us by faith. We're in the process. One of the mysteries of the Bible is the idea that Jesus learned obedience. How? What? If you're, if, if you're new to Christianity, let me tell you, Jesus is the eternal son before the Big Bang. Jesus was. <laughs> Woo. What could he learn? Who would instruct him? But when he became a man, he committed himself to the same process you're in, Connie, and I'm in. And that is a learning process. How much more then will we? Finally, trial or temptation. Trial and temptation. Trial equals temptation. (sighs) Did you know in the New Testament that the word for trial or test and the word from temptation are the same word? They're the same word. And we can learn a lot from 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 that synergy right there because then we'll see every trial has in it what? Temptations. Temptations of doubt, to fear, to run, to be afraid. Every temptation is in itself what? A test, a trial. It all works. But the reason I bring this up here is the real answer is the bottom question, isn't it? When we say, as we all will say, as we are say from time to time, as our hearts cry out, could it have been easier than this, Father? What do we have to say? The question is, are you wiser than God? No. I just, I don't know about you, but I, I feel relief here. <laughs> All right, I'm a part of a program. Okay, I'm a part of the glory. Okay, it's, he's going to do something. Okay, his glory is about this something. Okay, I, he's, he is on the, it's a part of my purpose. Okay, and that purpose is going to be worked out literally in the blood and the sweat and the tears that my brother has with Adele and their kids. And then has, and then we have together in the street and ministry. It's, And we ask ourselves, are you wiser than God? No. Trust Jesus and his plans because we have to take up the shield of faith to extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Now, I've showed this to you each week. I've shown this to you each week. And each week, I'm changing little bits of it. And what I wanted you to draw you into is in this conflict that now I have somehow tried to defend from the scriptures in this conflict that we are, find ourselves in, we find that uh, we have rules. So the demonic can actually do only what God allows, only as far as God permits, thoughts, physical suffering, words, and actions of others. Those come in the cruel shots and the false graces. Those are the fiery arrows that come. Whing! Yeah, sorry. Let me scare you. Make sure you're awake. Where's Eric? Is Eric asleep yet? He's not asleep. All right. All right, so... All right, what are the cool shots about, what are the cool shots about our faith? Your beliefs are silly. You ever heard that voice? I have. By the way, the, the arena of most of, of demonic work is the thoughts, is the mind. It's, he's, uh, when they're allowed to do other things, they will, but it's primarily the, re, the, the license that God gives them. But that's your belief, you're, 
Do you really believe people rise from dead? You know, you know it doesn't happen. Your faith will never amount to much. Who's heard this one? Anybody? Anybody? You're not going to amount to anything. <laughs> what, what are you holding on to so hard for? You're, you're just a little guy. You, you don't mean anything. Oh, here's the threat. Remember? Lies, fears, and threats. What is Christ? What does the, 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 uh, Satan whisper to us about Christ? <laughs> Look how they treated him. You really want to sign up for this stuff? You want to sign up for this? Oh, come on. Don't you know that this path that you're on leads to suffering? The false graces, which are false images of what look like righteousness. What's the first one? And this one's the most important, by the way, because it's the one that imitates most deeply the shield of faith. And it's the sin of this generation in a big way. And that is faith in faith. What is faith in faith? It's faith in believing itself. It's saying that believing as, a, as an action, as a habit, as, a, as something, as a, as, as a claim to power. And if you believe hard enough, if you believe fiercely enough, if you believe, I believe, I believe. And we see people leading worship this way, don't we? Right? Well, you understand that's why a lot of worship does a lot of whooping up. Because and what that whooping up for you to feel something is, is a belief in belief. It's saying, if I can create the conditions upon which you will begin to feel, experience, articulate, and say believing things, that's going to make you... It doesn't work like that. That's not the kingdom. We do not have faith in our faith. We have faith in Christ. And that's what makes faith worth a dime. <laughs> the object of our faith. What's not our false grace? You're the only one with genuine faith. <laughs> You're the only one with the real. Have you ever felt like, ever had that little whisper in your ear? Nobody believes like you do. Isn't that a shame? Nobody really believes like you do. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one who sins that way. And then faith is letting go of your goals. Oh, you guys are just too worried. I hate it when people do this to me. I'm sitting here, you know, heartbroken hearted because of my sin, wanting to see the reality of God in my life. And somebody comes along and goes, oh, you're just trying too hard. Why don't you just let go? If you, you know, believing and trusting in God means you don't struggle. What? We would chase that evil away and chase it away from our hearts because it's a lie. It's false grace. Those create doubt, cynicism, and isolation, which is the goal. What's the goal? What's the purpose of all of this? He's questioning your faith, Eric. What, do they, what does the demonic seek to do with Eric? Shut him down in action. Don't pray. Don't go to church. Don't go to study. Don't open your Bible. Don't, don't give up. It's not working. You're not amounting to much. Why are you trying? There's only suffering. Don't you, you hear, you hear the, I do a good impersonation of demonic voices, don't I? It's because I hear them all the time, but it's getting you to freeze. Don't act. Don't go. Don't show up. Don't be there for that person. You deserve you. You do you. <laughs> Woo. Freeze. Watch more TV. YouTube. YouTube is the king of freezing Christians. Amen. <laughs> who has not been frozen by YouTube? Uh, seriously, who has not been like, frozen into inaction by four or five hours at YouTube? Huh? Again, I'm using the pulpit as a confessional. Huh? So <laughs> move on from that. Take up the shield of faith. 
with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Let's take a look at faith. Did you think that maybe faith was a New Testament thing? Sometimes you have these weird ideas in Christianity. There's so many weird ideas in Christianity. Let me say it a third time. You will hear so many weird Christian ideas. It's scary. You won't hear them here. Well, you won't hear them here because it's our commitment to biblicism. And from the very beginning, the first, one of the first great heroes of the Bible is Abraham. And how was it that Abraham knew God? He believed. Proverbs were written by Solomon nearly a thousand years later. And you know what he learned in all of his wisdom and all of his life? Trust in the I am with all your heart. Do not lean. In all your ways acknowledge. He will make your path. Be not wise. Fear the I am. Turn from evil. Oh, that's beautiful. What is that? What is that? Those are pictures and word pictures and descriptions of all the dimensions and beauty of real faith. Look at that. Already, all from the very beginning of Genesis down to Proverbs, then Christ, of course. Faith like a grain of a... Doesn't he, what faith? Yes, faith and trust are everything. It's what Abraham had. It's what Solomon taught. How much faith do you need? As little as could be measured. If measurement were possible. Ooh, that gives me chills. Do you know when the, the prayers of the saints in Revelation are underneath the throne? You know what it says? A mountain was picked up and thrown into the sea. A mountain was picked up. That's what it says in Revelation. A mountain was picked up. Do you get what's happening in Revelation? The prayers of the saints for moving mountains <laughs> is being realized. Very, very beautiful. Yes. John 3.16, whoever believes will not perish. For God so loved the world, whoever believes in his love is an invitation. Faith, put your trust. For God, hand of his love. John 6.29, what is the work that God requires? What does God require of you, Peter? Would you please be a better worship leader? <laughs> Would you please be a better elder? Would you be a better dad? Would you be a better husband? Would you start somewhere? <laughs> What's wrong with everything I just said? What is the work God requires? Will you trust Jesus? Amen. Yes, I will. amen. Will you trust Jesus as a father, mm-hmm. as a worship leader, as an amen? You see, trust. This is the work of God. Ephesians 2.8, Paul is like, Paul's mind and his genius intellect takes this idea and sharpens it like a sword, like a keen edge, like a sharp razor to tell you it is the only way you were saved, Stephanie. Stephanie's probably the nicest person in this room. If anybody was going to win on godliness, it would be <laughs> Stephanie. Anybody, I'm serious. I think we all agree to that, right? She's probably the top of the heap here. And that's just because you don't know her. But, but still, it works for her, right? But that would be nothing. Let, even she is cut. By grace, she was saved through faith. And it wasn't her own. It was a gift of God. No, she can never boast and no can anybody, nor can anybody else. God is giving his love, giving his love, giving his forgiveness away. It's a gift of God. And finally, Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Conviction. Now, what is this whole idea? Faith is this grabbing with both hands. It's just this, uh, what's faith? Faith is, uh, oh, it's tempting. Uh, faith is, uh, but I'm trying to, uh, there's, an old, there's an old illustration too, like the idea that, do you, do you know, I'll use this illustration. I've used it for years. I think D. James Kennedy came up with it. 
because uh, it gets back to ineffective false faith. Uh, there are ineffective shields and versions of faith. Sometimes you can think that faith is knowing a lot about the Bible. <laughs> uh, guess what? Uh, Satan knows the scripture better than you. He doesn't have faith, all right? Uh, absent uh, assent and agreeableness. I learned a long time ago as a preacher in a, at some great cost to myself that just because people nod doesn't mean they really agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> There's some people that just nod because, yeah, yeah, Scott, you're a great example of that. And, uh, and so people nod, some uh, pe- nodders, I've noticed people who nod, uh, nodders do it, it means that they're following you. That's all that means. We can, but you can't take assent to what you're saying as what? Faith. Faith is something incandescent, beautiful, rare, and, and, and reproducing. It just affects everybody who is around it. Faith is this unique way that a human reaches out and catches all the divine energy and it becomes one with his soul. It's, it's, it's the mere mystery. Now, it's all this, uh, so, or faithing it up. Uh, that's the whole faith in faith or, or getting, or faith is an experience or a feeling. Don't be deceived. Faith is not a feeling. It's not an experience. If it is, you're not going to have a shield. Oh, all right, so the picture here is, um, I'm trying to think of a, I forgot my illustration. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, we, we don't have uh, arrows anymore. We don't, we're not afraid of arrows, right? We might be afraid of, of radioactivity, right? Flying, because we know that's something that flies and kills we can't see. We know if there's an atom bomb go off, we would, we would die because of radioactivity. But there's something about this. There's a picture here of this, this nastiness that's coming out that's hurting. It's this, it's this global, constant, everything attack by demonic agency. It's, you're supposed to see it in a global sense here. We looked at this before. You're supposed to realize that the dimensions of your temptations of your flesh and the world have a demonic agency somewhere tucked, somewhere hidden, somewhere working, somewhere laboring with your flesh and the world to do what? To get you to screw up, to get you to enact, you know, to get you to stop acting. And if you happen to commit adultery or lie or steal something, boy, that leads to inaction like that. That's great. That's the real goal. That's the real goal. I want to quench these arrows. And the picture here is that your faith, this grabbing God, just is like an armor against fiery, this idea of pain that spreads and infects and, 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 and it's this, it pierces and gets through to your heart, into the deep places of who you are, and spreads all over, and incapacitates. And what happens when there's fire? What does everybody do when there's fire? Panic. Everybody starts to run, be afraid. Confusion. What are we going to do? Let's get ready to quench all of those nasty shots. Did you notice the in all circumstances? Did you catch that? This is one of the universal ones, guys. This is one of the ones you can use every day, all day, all the time. Okay, how are we going to use this shield? First, faith is just grabbing hold of Jesus and his love and triumph. I, um, look, I have a bunch of ideas here, I, uh, but I want to teach you in a way of, of living, uh, trying to think of some illustration for this, living, st- standing in this, that's not going to work. Uh, 
All right, so a sin comes. Uh, a memory of a sin comes. Uh, an occasion uh, to fail comes. And, and, and uh, the triumph of grace is us taking and learning to take with new quickness right away. I sin. Father, here's my sin. Forgive me. I turn from it. I turn to you. Amen. What are you doing right there? Credit it to my account. Nail it to the cross. It's gone. Praise him. And then move on with your day. In other words, what the shield does constantly is it constantly arms you against a host of memories of bad things you've done or fears about the bad things you're involved in or fears about the desperation of your heart or fears about how what a hypocrite you are, how you talk differently on Sunday than you do on Monday. All of that comes to host. And one of the places we need to stand and grab hold of Jesus over and over again is, ha- is just keep telling yourself the victory that you have and keep saying it over and over again because that is your shield. No, God so loved me. God's and personalize these texts. Wait, well, yeah, I've given you texts about faith. God so loved the world. Great. Agatha, you need to know God loved you. Say that again. God so loved Agatha <laughs> that when Agatha gave her life, Agatha believed she would not perish, but have eternal and, and own, uh, own, own it. Um, own his love. Uh, I'll give you an example. I was going to save this for the, the one on, on preaching, on, uh, on the sword of spirit, but I came across a verse recently. And what I do when I come across verses that strike me, that, that encourage me to gra- then grab Jesus' love and grab God's love deeply in my life, I write them down and then I rewrite them. And then I rewrite them again. And I, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to pull this and then translate it, not from Hebrew to English, no, from English in the Bible into my experience. That's the trick here. That's what faith is doing when it grabs Jesus. It's saying, I want to pull this truth into my practical life. This is one that happened to me. Uh, it was Jesus says in, I think, Luke 16, what is exalted by men is an abomination in the eyes of God. I was like, I got I to gotta understand that one. That changed to what is exalted by people is an abomination in God's eyes. Because I'm personalizing a lot. Then I, I kept working on it. What is lifted up and loved and sought by me and my heart is the most terrible things in my father's face. See, I all just take that truth and I personalized it. I made it mine. I made it mean something for my life. God so loved Sid. God so loved Rena. God so, take it. Both hands. That's a both hand kind of love, right? And that's faith. That's the shield of faith. Up and ready. Grabbing hold of Jesus. What is the sex that it believes? It grabs hold of Jesus, the triumph of weakness. And it believes in the triumph of weakness. Look, I know brokenness is evangelically in style. It has been for a while. I'm broken, dude. You broken? Let's be broken together. It's cool to be broken. I don't like that. When I say I'm broken, what I mean is I'm broken like the car in the backyard that doesn't start, and it's a piece of junk, and somebody should take to the junkyard. I'm broken that way. I'm not broken in a way that's cool. I'm broken in ugly little ways that don't... Ask my wife. I'm broken in ways that don't lead. I'm broken in ways that don't... And what we do is, what do I do with all that brokenness? What am I tempted to do? Hide it. I'm ashamed of it. I'm going I'm to camouflage it. I'm going to try to say things about it. I'm going to try to act differently in front of you so you don't see it. What does all that do? It all robs me of my shield. Because what we're supposed to do is a judo move. We're supposed to take 
our weaknesses as it's been unveiled and go, you got me. You got me. I am weak. And that means God's doing something in his own strength. Praise him. Use the weakness that comes crashing into your heart and life as a reality and use that momentum in your favor and let it draw you to God. And this is so simple. God knew how weak you were. This is why I love the Bible. Why I love the Bible. You know what the Bible says about Dennis? It says that Dennis constantly does things he doesn't want to do. Every day. Is that right, Dennis? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for playing along. But, but, but seriously, but, but that reality, I love this about the Bible. The Bible says this man's despicable. This man doesn't care. She doesn't seek. She does. She... But what does it say about that? Is any of that an obstacle to God? No. No, instead, in the, in the very moment in which you fail, I'm going to do an example because there's no children here. And I don't consider you a child, Luke. Uh, a pastor that uh, recently was confessing to me uh, his struggle with sexual sin. You know what that means, don't you? Masturbation. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, he said that. He, and he was so down. You know what I said to him? Why don't you praise God for such gentleness in showing you again? You're a sinner. Come on home. I love sinners. <laughs> don't you get it? It's, it's not what you think it is. Because in the moment he was down and coming to me, and in the moment of his brokenness and fear and, and regret and shame and ugliness, and every one of us knows that experience from yesterday. And we're sitting there, and you, you, feel, you feel trapped, right? You're down, the enemy's working. And then you have somebody come along and go, oh, let me breathe gospel life to you. Don't you know that God lets you fail and has let you fail so often because he's, he's, he, that's what I told him. He loves you so much. He, he's trying to keep you from being conceited. Because, you know, by a little secret, that's what, that's the sin of preachers. They're conceited. It takes a conceited man to think you can get up and talk to people. Trust me. So you have to think you have something to say. Didn't mean to drip on you. Sorry. The triumph of weakness. The triumph of promises. I have my notes here and I close them up. That's such a stupid thing to do. Triumph of promises. What's this about? Uh, Do you know that Proverbs passage I showed you? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. That word trust in Hebrew is so gorgeous. Because you know what one of its cognates is? You know what one of its meanings is? Be gullible. Hey, gullibility. Did you know the word gullible is not even in the dictionary? I got you. Maybe I got none of you. For those of you who are, English is a second language, the word gullible means you believe anything. Anybody tells you. And therefore the joke is gullible. I actually, and this is kind of embarrassing, very, very long time ago, of course. Actually opened a dictionary and looked because uh, somebody had said that to me. That's how gullible I can be. Oh, I didn't mean to promise this. You know, we're not there yet. Prime for promises. What I mean is, trust in the Lord with all your heart is what God is inviting you to do is, 
I just want you to be gullible about me. Nothing else. What do I mean by that? I'm never going to leave you, forsake you. Okay, that means he's right here. All right, I'm not going to worry about him. Yeah, it's that. Be gullible because every promise is that true. Don't second guess because the second guesses are not, are, are not are demonic. <laughs> the second guesses are to get you back from using your shield. For the promises are sure and true and founded and, and secured in every part in peace and they last forever. Heaven and earth will pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away in the next four to five billion years. But the things Jesus said will still be ringing. Ringing. You know what will be ringing? What I required was what? Believe in me. <laughs> It'll ring. Be, just be, just look. I know, have you ever seen lists of promises in the Bible? Just download logo off one of those cheesy websites. There's tons of cheesy Christian biblical websites out there. Use them. Use them. List yourself and get gullible with God. Take him at face value for he loves you. And finally, the triumph of y'all. Uh, I was talking to Corey this week. It was something last week. And uh, he starts talking. We do accountability. Um, two, three, try our goals three times a week. We're doing it. Five at five, it's called. We're doing this together. And he starts telling me about about how I have to trust God about something. What, 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 in that moment, it wasn't an error. It was just telling me, reminding me of something of how God has been faithful to us. But in that moment, what I see him doing is, I don't have, I need, you know what? I need a prop. That's what I need. Imagine this is like a shield. And like, I'm, this is, Corey is me and I'm Corey. And Corey's just taking his shield and going like this over Chris. You see that? Where, you look, look, pay attention. Sometimes Jack's shield's on the ground. He's just forgetting. He's not living in promises. He's not. He, and what does he need? What does he finally need? What, is I, what am I doing here today? What am I doing for you, Frank? I'm telling you, get your shield on. And I have a shield right now. And what am I trying to share my shield with you, right? I'm trying to, sh to share my joy and confidence in God with you. So that pick up your shield with me now. Pick it up. because and we, and So we're carrying shelter for ourselves and one another. It's a beautiful picture of the community. It's a beautiful picture of what true fellowship and what our Bible studies are supposed to be functioning. And it's a clear picture if you're outside, if you're not connected with these streams of life, why you're having so many problems in your, in your personal struggles, because you, know, you don't have any shield bearers with you. You don't have anybody that's coming alongside. Gina, you've come alongside me. I've come along with you, haven't we? And we've stood over each other. And I'm still, you and I do this every week, Peter. It's indispensable. And this final point of the shield is us joining together to encourage one another's faith. And with what though? Why are we supposed to encourage each other's faith with? Oh, well, you know what? I, I have a shield of triumph of grace and love. Here's my weaknesses. That's one of the ways you become a shield bearer for other people, isn't it? Because people feel welcomed under your shield when they know you're as weak as they are. When they know you needed his grace and triumph as much as they did. When you know that his promises and you're just leaning and wanting to lean. And you just need somebody else to believe with you. And believe for you. And even believe in you. Because we're not called to actually even believe in each other. But we're called to believe in what Jesus is doing in each other. See, that's a shield of faith, isn't it? And it's a place of power for the children of God. A place of safety. A place... All right, I want to end with this kind of funny story. 
And I, I thought it was kind of funny. And World War I at the uh, Battle of Jutland, this was very early in the war, uh, you know, the world had yet, not yet experienced world war and all what munitions can do. Like, they hadn't quite seen it yet. So uh, Admiral Beatty was watching the Battle of Jutland in front of him. The Germans had come in, the battle ensued. They hit first hit a famous ship called the Lion. Went down right away. Then the indefatigable, one of the heavy cruisers, bam, the barrage, it went down quickly. Then the Queen Mary was hit. Queen Mary goes down with 12,000 people, like 12,000 soldiers like that. Admiral Beatty turned to his assistant and he said, we appear to be having some troubles with our ships today, Chatfield. <laughs> well, duh. Sounds like the English, doesn't it? <laughs> so we seem to appear to be having some trouble with our ships today, Chatfield. They all had wooden decks. They hadn't yet figured, they thought the steel holes were enough, but when a bomb hit the wooden deck, it was all the kindle, all the tinder it needed to, to wreak devastation. Now, so much for uh, armaments. Of course, they armored their decks. And I don't know. I, I, think there's, I think that sounds like us. I just think it sounds like us in the church. It sounds like us. We've been in these battles. We've seen the ships sink, haven't we? We've seen churches go down, careers go down, people go down. We've seen a lot of bad stuff happening in the church, haven't you? Am I the only one witnessing this? We've seen people desert. We've seen people run. There's this, all these hard things are happening. And I think a lot of it might be that we're just not armored. And maybe even more deeply, we're not armored even for each other, with each other. I'm hoping, guys, you know when we do our prayer time, we're praying for all these churches. You know why? So that you are impressed with our godliness. That's why. No! No, I may secretly hope for that, but that's just because I'm a sinner. No, what is, it? What is the purpose here? That we may take up the shield and the triumph of Christ for the whole city. Why not? Why not? Why? Why not indeed? Let's, let's pray. Father, oh Father, help us and teach us how to take up this shield again in all circumstances. For our enemy feels like a host of attacks, invisible and deadly, fearful and distracting, designed to immobilize. So many of us have run scared before, run in fear, our faith weak, not hearing the promises. It didn't matter if our faith was the weakest in the room or the weakest in the whole world. It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter if we had the weakest faith that had ever existed because we'd still have you. All of you. And we praise you. Because I'm pretty sure us people in this room, that's just about where we're at. We don't have much, Father. But we have everything when we have you. <laughs> Father, equip us in the battle. Uh, Father, heal the wounded. Father, hear us as we, as we climb on top of each other to shield each other. As we're trying to just fight this battle and, and, and wage, fight the good fight and stand. So your glory will be revealed. Yes, Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my lips would be pleasing in your sight. Oh, Lord, you are my rock and my redeemer. Amen.
on the night he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread and broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Take and eat. Oh, it didn't really work, did it? There, that's good. Uh, in the same way, he also took a cup of wine, saying, this is my blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink. Um, yeah, this is the breastplate. This is, this is another way you get it, grab hold of Jesus, right? Just another way. Just another picture. Another step in the battle. Another claim on the promises of God. Praise him. But maybe you're equipped now to hear more beautifully than ever uh, uh, why some people are forbidden to go to that table. Who's forbidden at the table? Who is forbidden at the table? The good people. People who think they're good. But who's welcome? <laughs> All the weak failures whose trust is in Jesus. Don't, doesn't, that make you, doesn't that make your heart glad? That's armor, guys. Armor plating. That's a shield. No arrow can pierce. <laughs> Praise him. Uh, finally, uh, so if you're a sinner who believes in Jesus, this is your table. Obviously, if you're um, a good person who's trusting in themselves, it, this isn't your church or table yet. But what about the skeptics? My heart goes out to you because I know every one of you has a skeptical bone in your body. That bone was developed long and long and hard by this modern world. You know how to be perceptive. You know how to criticize and how to reject and not to believe. If skepticism is in your heart, I look forward to the day you will join us at this table. This faith is just around the corner for you. Just around the corner. All right, I think that's everything. Did I say, did I miss anything? Uh, let's stand. I always forget, uh, forget I'm going to forget something. Um, will you proclaim uh, this, the beauty? Let's proclaim it together. The mystery of our faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Praise him. Tell me, Christian brothers and sisters, we ask you to assent to the following declarations by which we claim the truth of Christ in space and time. Tell me, what do you believe? We believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and he is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there, he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. For further information, please feel free to check us out at firstpresbyteriansf.org or come and worship with us on Sunday mornings at 1015. We meet at 110 Embarcadero, just a block away from the Ferry Building, and we can't wait to see you.